Real Estate Radio, 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. Byron Lazine and Chaz Cook from the one team at William Ravis Real Estate. A little bit, we're going to be having Brian Skelly from William Ravis Mortgage join us uh, so we can get into all of the conversation around the Fed rate pause. They finally paused. Finally paused. Yeah, after a whole bunch of rate hikes, the federal interest rate remains in the 5 to 525 range. Uh, Jerome Powell came out and said that he would expect for that the FOMC to continue to raise these rates. So July meeting, which happens the 25th and the 26th, uh, right now the expectation is that they will get back to increasing the rate, but we finally do have a pause. And, of course, people want to know what that means for uh, the mortgage rate. I can tell you this week the mortgage rate has been basically unchanged. Even after the Wednesday meeting with Jerome Powell, uh, the daily survey continues to come in in the high six nines all week. Uh, Mortgage News Daily survey was above 6.9. The uh, Freddie Mac 30-year fixed weekly came in at 6.7, essentially 6.69. So we've we've been living in an elevated, you know, six and three quarter or above world. Uh, according to Mortgage News Daily, of course, when Brian Skelly, the expert, gets here, he, he might be able to, uh, you know, he has to quote Freddie Mac, actually. He can't quote a specific number, <laughs> no, you know, for individuals. I can do whatever the hell I want cause I'm, <laughs> I'm just a real estate guy. But, um, but yeah, so anyways, it, it hasn't really changed much. The 10-year, which is what we watch uh, to follow where the 30-year is going to go, hasn't hasn't changed much. Now, I'm, I'm looking forward to... You know, when Brian does join us, getting his opinion on where the 30-year fixed is going to go over the course of this year and into next year. I mean, there is hundreds of billions of dollars that is betting that this 30-year fix will come down. Sit down, Brian. Come on. Come on in. This is just the radio. Yeah. You know. Because we're, we're about to pick your brain. All right, pick away. I hope you're ready for it. I mean, we we got to start when we have to start, but just because you're on, you're an important uh, you know, closing deals over here. Mortgage guy, you got to take the calls when when you get them. So, <laughs> anyways, we're, Chaz and I are just starting the conversation on the Fed's decision to pause rates. I've got I've got a big quote from Jerome Powell on the housing market. But before we get to that, Chaz and I want to know, and the listeners want to know, uh, you know, what impact, if any, will this have on the thirty year? The ten year is really unmoved so far. Thirty years really. Uh, unmoved since Wednesday's meeting. What could we expect here as we're closing out the spring market, getting into summer, and the rest of the year? Um, so, I mean, we seem to be seeing some stability. I mean, before the show, I took a quick look at the Freddie Mac weekly survey that comes out every week. And it was funny. I looked at the headline, and the headline said uh, mortgage rates continue to come down, which makes it sound like rates are going down. But then I looked at the actual graph. Last week, the week before, it was 6.71. This week, it's 6.69. So basically, it was almost unchanged. It's pretty flat. And the week before that, it was 6.79. So we basically had three weeks in a row of pretty stable rates just kind of hanging out in the high sixes. And I think that could be a good thing for the market. I mean, I think buyers don't like to be caught off guard. You know, if the buyer thinks the rate's 6%, and then all of a sudden they find out the rate 7%, that then changes their plans. You know, they had one expectation in mind, all of a sudden it's different. So 
you know, when things stay the same, there's some predictability, and that, that can be a good thing. Yeah, it's been sitting at the six and three-quarter range that you're talking about for the last three weeks on the Freddie Mac uh, weekly survey, but the um, Mortgage News Daily survey has been closer to six, nine, and above every day for about three weeks. So, you know, every interest rate's individual is – Brian has shared with us a number of times. So could be higher than six and three quarters. And ultimately it could be a little bit lower depending on location, credit score and all those. For things. sure. Yeah, definitely. Some folks are getting over 7% and that's not uncommon. Um, some of these surveys include points too. So some people are paying points and some people aren't. Um, but, you know, the point I was trying to make is it's been relatively stable for sure. the last three yeah. weeks. Brian, let me ask you, historically, that we've been having, the Fed's been having these meetings and we've seen the rate hikes, we've seen a trend where, like, the week leading into the meeting, rates will kind of shoot up in anticipation of the rate hike, and then they will come back down the week following or a couple of days following that. Why do you think we didn't see that here? Is that because they didn't bump it? Or, you know, what's your opinion on that? Um, well, it's interesting, you know, if for our listeners out there, it's it's important to recognize that mortgage rates are not determined by the Fed. Right. You know, it was always really interesting, like, you know, years ago when the Fed was lowering rates, uh, I would get phone calls all the time and say, oh, I heard on the radio the Fed lowered the rates. Mortgage rates must be lower. And sometimes when they lower the rates, the, the federal the federal funds rate, which is like the rate at which banks lend money to each other, that's the rate that they're adjusting Sometimes that would stimulate the economy, and when the economy was stimulated, that would cause mortgage rates to go up. So they don't always move in the same direction. Um, I mean, I think what happened this week and why they kind of chose to skip a meeting, um, you know, sometimes they talk about a pause versus a skip. Uh, so if a pause would mean, okay, they're done raising rates for a while, whereas a skip just means, like, they're not raising rates this time around. So I think... Some of the uh, stuff I was listening to um, was indicating that the interpretation was that this was a skip. And so that means we might see a, a rate hike next meeting. But I think the things that they want to have happen are happening. You know, inflation's been going down. And, you know, it's funny. They started talking about the soft landing as it was like this myth- mythical unicorn. Like, like they, they used to say that the chances of soft landing were were really unlikely, you know, it's a challenging thing to do, but it, I mean, it kind of seems like it's happening. You know, the economy is still doing pretty well, you know, people, employment's still pretty strong and inflation's going down. So, I mean, these are, and the stock market seems to love it. I mean, the stock market's doing great the last couple months. So, um, I've forgotten what your question was. So hopefully, I said something interesting I, in there. I, 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 I know what Chaz's question was. He, what was the question? He's wondering why we haven't gotten that because the last, three meetings call it we have gotten mortgage relief in the two to three weeks after you know the fed decision to raise interest rates and the reason that's happened is because the 10-year has reacted at you know shortly after the meeting and the 10-year has gone down and the 10-year okay. hasn't gone down this time yeah and i so, agree with that and so with with the 10 because the 30-year fix is going to follow 10-year with the 30-year not going or the 10-year not going down the 30 year is going to sit right where it's at. And that's in the high sixes. And uh, I'll tell you exactly what economists believe is going to happen with the 30 year fixed as we move forward. When we come back, Real Estate Radio 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk.
News Now stimulating talk. Byron Lazine and Chaz Cook from the One Team at William Ravis Real Estate. The One Team is the number one team in total units sold. That's for 2022 as well as 2023 year to date, according to the CTMLS. The One Team also was just announced as being in the top thousand of all real estate agents and teams across the country. Number one in Connecticut and number 60 for teams in the nation that's competing with the big boys in in la and miami and all these other places so congratulations to everybody on the one team and thank you to all of our clients uh and all of you all of the listeners that support the one team at william ravis and of course they were joined by brian skelly from william ravis mortgage who helps us help our consumers get into their financing uh financing solutions when it comes to their mortgage if you need a solution for a residential heating fuel tank there's only one place to go, and that's Service Station Equipment. Service Station Equipment is your residential tank specialist. Uh, I called Dougie Braun last night. I was I was driving to uh, actually I was driving to um, actually this was two nights ago. I was driving to a graduation, high school graduation in Waterford. And I was thinking of Dougie Braun as I was passing East Lime. I gave him a ring. He did call me back, but I didn't pick up. So Doug Braun, though. Still rents uh, over there um, right by Main Street, right? Oh, yeah. Dougie yeah. Braun's a big Nyanic guy, and he will pick up your call immediately, and he'll come right out if you got any residential oil needs. The number to call there is going to be 1-800-801-TANK, 1-800-801-TANK. Get the tank man over there. You have some tanking needs, and you might have a need for something else this weekend, and that would be pool water. Of course, Irish Springs Pool Water, a service station sister company, this is a company you want to fill up your pool, 860-848-4100, 860-848-4100. Uh, I heard if the weather was better today, there'd be some people opening their pool, but it's that time of year. Get your pool open. Call Irish Springs Pool Water, 860-848-4100. And at the rate we're going, we're going to have to wait till July to go in them because the water's going to be too cold. It's very true. <laughs> we haven't it's, caught a hot day yet. It's going to be a six-week season for the pools <laughs> this year, uh, and it might be longer until the 30-year fixed rate comes down. That's according to uh, one economist for sure. Mortgage rate relief won't come until the end of 2023 or later, housing economists say. So prospect for a rate cut uh, this year that would impact the 10-year looks unlikely at this point. So housing wires report that they believe economists say the 30-year fix is going to stay sideways for the next two months, which would mean near 7% interest rate. Freddie Mac's primary mortgage uh, survey we talked about is, um, you know, is obviously at the six, seven range and has been for the last three weeks. Um, Brian, do you agree with this assessment that mortgage rates are going to continue to be sideways? And, you know, I know you, you say, Hey, this is stability, but this is still near 7% rate. Anytime we get over 7%, we have a more and, and house prices don't change from where they are. We're in a more unaffordable situation than we were in 2007, so I don't like anything with a seven or above on it. Um, 
you know, what do you think about the rates? I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of trying to predict what rates are going to do because it seems like, you know, whenever I do, uh, some kind of news comes out that pushes rates in a direction that's different than what people expected. You just never know what's going to happen in the world that's going to move markets. Um, it, usually what move markets is unexpected events. You know, so if everybody's expecting the Fed to increase rates, you know, that's kind of already baked in to some extent. And so, you know, it's like wars and hurricanes and political events that really move markets. Um, so when I'm, you know, counseling my buyers, I usually give them advice that they can use regardless of whether rates go up or down. Uh, I mean, they might go up and then go down. They might go down and then go up. But, you know, I remind people, you know, I, I've refinanced my house several times when the rates go down, a couple houses, and that's always saved me a couple hundred dollars a month every time I refinance to a low rate. But if you don't have a mortgage, you can't refinance. You know, so I remind a lot of buyers, first-time buyers, that, that are like, well, you know, I'm going to wait and buy when rates go down. You know, that's like, you know, a couple of years ago, people were saying, well, I'm going to wait until buy when prices go down. And, and that really ha that strategy never paid off in the last couple of years. So, you know, if you can afford it at the current payments and it's better than renting, which a lot of times it is buy the house. And then at some point rates will go down when, when I don't know, I don't know when they're going to go down. Byron, how much of an effect do you think the, the rate being where it is, is leading to the fact that one third of us homebuyers are now paying in cash and yeah, do you think that's going to continue to trend or do you think that eventually, you know, the cash will run out because we've been overspending for the last three years? Yeah, typically we're closer to one out of four new home purchases being done in cash and now it's 33%. So it's one out of three homes uh, are being bought in cash. It's that. It's certainly the rates. It's also that your number one buyer demographic in this country right now is baby boomers mm -hmm. and they have cash. Right. You know, baby boomers have more cash than, um, you know, any other buyer demographic so it's it you know it's the retirement i got the cash i don't really necessarily want a mortgage re regardless of where the interest rate was a lot of a lot of baby boomers feel that way and they're going out and, and uh buying the property cash and it's the you know the third factor on why you've seen cash uh new home per or new purchases with cash go up would be the you know the inventory constraints so right. when you're in a competitive environment like that okay if i've Maybe I didn't even want to use the cash. Maybe I wanted to call Brian Skelly and uh, go on loan appointment. Schedulelonappointment.com. Schedulelonappointment.com. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, maybe I wanted to do that, but then I was like, okay, I can only win the deal, you know, if I do go cash. That That's slowing up, though. That, that hasn't been um, – listen, I think that that multiple offer thing, just like last year, just to touch on that for a second, if you're a home shopper out there listening – the multiple offer thing is going to slow down in quarter three and quarter four. And I'm already f sensing that that um, is, is going to come true here. So uh, that's that's my belief. I know it's a little bit of a projection glass ball belief there, but it happened last year, and I do believe it will happen this year. Well, I think it's interesting too. I mean, I think the competitive nature is the largest factor I'm just from my gut feeling because I just talked to so many people – that make offers on houses and they don't get it accepted. And so I think, you know, even if you want to get a mortgage, if you try two or three times to buy a house and you don't get the house, if you've got that money somewhere, you can get it, whether it's 
you know, borrowing it against your portfolio or cashing out stocks or, you know, getting it from your Uncle Jim, whatever, that that makes you more competitive. Is that how you bought your first house, your Uncle Jim? <laughs> I wish I had an Uncle Jim. <laughs> I don't have an Uncle Jim. Uh, but anyways, uh, and if rates go down, you know, that could make it more competitive again. It's almost like, you know, sometimes buying a home in the winter is a good idea because there's not as many people buying a home in the winter. Right. Uh, buying a home in a high interest rate environment, it's kind of like buying a home in the winter. You know, there's not, if, if rates drop to five and a half percent, all of a sudden, what's that going to do to the demand for home buyers? The number of people who want to buy a house all of a sudden will go up. Well, here's an argument that you could have a more favorable environment for home buyers, which to your point could bring in more home buyers, more competition. So I, I get that. But here's one argument I'll lay out. I'll let you guys react to it. Um, and so if this were to happen, uh, if home buyers have a little bit more you know, favor on their side, that means sellers who have had all the control have a little bit less on their side. I, I still, I think, you know, I, I, I believe that if you're a seller, it's, it's, it's like now let's go. Uh, one team CT.com would be the place to connect or Chaz at one team CT.com. You, you know, you'd want to go now, but he, here's the scenario layout. All right. So, um, Here's where fundamentals could swing back to the buyer's favor. Not saying this would be a buyer's market. I'm just saying slightly swing back and kind of even things out. Okay. Um, the most important tailwind would be rates. Okay. And so I'll read a couple quotes here from Fortune. Uh, and this is from a CEO from Amherst, which controls 44,000 single family um, homes across the country. So it's so a pretty big sample size yeah. here. They got, they got a good model. <laughs> the model has fair value climbing back, mainly because the yield curve is inverted. That implies that mortgage rates are going to come down a lot. Okay, so they're making the argument here that over the next 12 to 18 months, mortgage rates are going to come down a lot. For example, treasuries maturing in 10 years carry a yield of 3.7. So 1.7 points below the number for six-month bills. Since mortgages are typically priced at 1.2 points over the 10-year, that implies that home loan rates should drop in the next couple of years to around 5%, way below today's figure of 6.9%. He goes on to say people are putting hundreds of billions at risk, betting that rates are going down, and they're probably right. Uh, he adds that a decline in carrying costs should go a long way towards bridging the great divide between prices and fair value. How, how would you react to that? Seems like a logical argument. I mean, and we know that the ten-year and thirty-year, you know, gap that Dobson, this guy Dobson's pointing out here, uh, has been abnormal in yeah. comparison to the ten years before, you know, twenty twenty. But he, he mentioned twelve to eighteen months, so that he's talking end of two thousand twenty-four. Yeah, he's right. not talking uh, like end of 2023 you know, even. He's saying it could be an entire another year. He's not saying quarter three in 2023 you're going to see 5%. He's he's acknowledging the fact that we'll probably be in the high sixes here for quite some time and that as we move towards the end of 24, you'll start to see 5%. I mean, the Fed came out this week and said they wouldn't expect – their projection is a better way to say it. Their projection for the federal interest rate – is going to be between four, five, and four seven five at the end of twenty twenty four. That means they're not cutting this year, and they're barely going to cut next year. It means they're barely going to do any cuts. 
you know, they always have that little asterisk that says it depends on the market right. data. The, the economy so, could introduce new, you know, dynamics. the economy could, I mean, the economy could slow down as a result. They always say like they, it takes a while for the Fed rate increases to impact the economy. So, you know, that remains to be seen like it's working. But if all of a sudden the economy slows down a lot and, if, and inflation goes way down, you know, the Fed's either worried about inflation or they're worried about recession, recession, you know. And so if inflation goes down, they stop worrying about inflation. They start worrying about recession. And, you know, it's possible maybe they went too far with the interest rate rises. They don't really know until they get the data, you know, months later. So, yeah, I mean, it definitely I would not be surprised at all if everything you just said comes to fruition. I mean, it's a very logical argument. Yeah, and there's other projections that would back that up. You're listening to Real Estate Radio. We'll be right back with myself, Byron Lazine, Chaz Cook, and Brian Skelly. Stay with us. 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. Real Estate Radio, Chaz Cook of the one team at William Ravis Real Estate, joined by Brian Skelly, the mortgage guru from William Ravis Mortgage. And Byron had to step out for a bit, but we've been talking about the Fed's meeting, recapping that. Where do we predict rates are going to go? Because as Brian mentioned before, you know, it is pretty much a prediction, right? We can go with our gut feelings. We can see the trends. But ultimately, the Fed has to kind of figure that out on their own, right? We can't really help them with that. But before we get back into all of that, we are going to bring you the One Team Weekly Rewind, brought to you by Service Station Equipment. We had three new listings, uh, 10 under contract, and 11 closings. Our first new listing was 219 Haley Road in Ledger, Connecticut. This one hit the market for $800,000. Four bedrooms, three and a half baths, just under 3,500 square feet. This is a unique home. We touched on it a little bit last week. It was one of our late entry listings. You got the two-car underhouse garage, but above that you have the in-law apartment. It's from the Jay Leno's of Connecticut. Jay Leno's of Connecticut. <laughs> and then, uh, that's right, there's a four-car because you have the underground. Then you have the main house, and then attached to that you have another dwelling. So you could have like a three-family here. Mix up those four bedrooms, three and a half baths, just under 3,500 square feet. And not to mention, you've got an acre and a quarter. Yeah, I mean, we do see a lot more families kind of moving in together so there that's an appealing property for, for a lot of buyers right now absolutely this stunning contemporary cape offers an impressive blend of style functionality and ample space if you would like to check that out you can reach out to christina at oneteamct.com to schedule your private showing of 219 haley road in ledger connecticut again that is on the market for eight hundred thousand dollars our next new listing is 2313 Durham Road in Madison, Connecticut. This one hit the market for $349,000. you have got four bedrooms, two baths, just under 2,400 square feet, and a little over half an acre. I'm not going to go too deep on this one, though, because congratulations to Emily White. This is under contract. Madison and Guilford, man, if you are a home shopper there, good luck to you. <laughs> All I can say is good luck to you. They are Somebody got it. Somebody got it, but they are some of the hottest markets in the entire state of Connecticut. Our final new listing is 23 Coveside Lane, number 23 in Stonington, Connecticut. 
This hit the market for $425,000. Got two beds, two and a half baths, just under 1,800 square feet. And this townhouse has an HOA of 450. So not bad. You are right outside of the borough, so you can easily access downtown Mystic and Westerly. It's got an extremely functional design and a thoughtful layout. This residence offers the perfect blend of comfort and convenience. So if you are looking for a townhouse in the Stonington area, you can reach out to Lucy at OneTeam.com. And don't worry, we're going to be coming back to talk about this one because you're going to have a couple opportunities. Just head over there on your own during the open houses. But first... We have to run through our under contracts. We had 10 of them. We had under contracts in New Haven, Columbia, Newington, Stratford, Lebanon, Meriden, Madison, Wallingford, Middletown, and East Haddam. Closings. We had 11 of them. Congratulations to our buyers, sellers, and investors. We had closings in Brantford, East Haven, Guilford, Stonington, Madison, Brantford, North Canaan, New Haven. Brantford, Killingworth, and New Haven. Another solid week for the one team at William Ravis Real Estate. Now our open house opportunities. We've got two of them going on this weekend. They are both at the same property. One is going on today, Saturday, June 17th from 11 to 1. So you'll have a little bit of time after the show wraps. Or you can listen to us in the car on your way over to 23 Coastside Lane, number 23 in Stonington. That is that townhouse we just mentioned. And if today doesn't work for you and maybe you're looking for something to do with Dad tomorrow on Sunday, June 18th, Father's Day, they are going to be having an open house there from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. as well. So two opportunities to check out 23 Coveside Lane, number 23 in Stonington, Connecticut. Again, that is on the market for $425,000 and has an HOA of four hundred and fifty. Beautiful home. Don't want to miss it because everything we have seen is well done, well marketed, and well put together doesn't last very long in the market. That's what everybody wants. That's what everybody wants. They want move-in ready. You know, maybe we'll talk about that in the final segment. I was reading an interesting article on what buyers actually want, right, versus what sellers think that they want and what actually has a greater ROI on your investment. But first, let's wrap this up with the rates here and talk a little bit more about that, right? So an interesting stat that I came across is that 92% of homeowners with a mortgage are locked into rates under 6%. Not surprising, right? We saw, we know what 2020, we know that 2021, you know, even going into 22, right? We know rates were extremely low. Uh, I mean, I refied at two and a half, you know, so I'm pretty happy. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I, I thought, what I really thought was interesting here was the breakdown of percentages and how that actually looks. So 91.8%, 92% call it, have a ho- of homeowners have, with a mortgage rate are locked into a rate under 6%. 82.4% of them have rates below 5. That's down, though, believe it or not, from a peak of 85.7 reached in Q1 2022. Kind of makes sense because people who are buying now are buying at a much higher rate. 62% of homeowners with a mortgage have rates below 4%, and that is also down from a record high of 65.3% reached in Q1 2022. That's, that's a big drop on that one. Three, almost 4%. Yeah. Um and 23.5% have rates below 3%, down from the record high of 24.6 reached in Q1 2022. So obviously, quarter one 2022 was the sweet spot, right? If you got into a mortgage then, or right before then, I should say, uh, you were living a good life. But I wanted to bring it back to the, what we were talking about with Byron and how in the next 12 to 18 months, inevitably, rates should come down, right? Unless barring a catastrophe, uh, they don't. 
But from what we're seeing, the trend is they will slowly start to tick back down. All the experts are betting on it. All the economists are saying they are. So, Brian, at what point do you think rates have to come down to for, let's just use this example, for the 82.4% of homeowners with a mortgage that have rates below 5 where would you think that they could find some comfort in selling their home knowing that they were going to be purchasing maybe at like 5.2? Yeah, it's a really good question. And it's funny you mentioned your low rate. I have a low rate too. I, I refinanced. I got 2.8. And I talk to people every day about what their payments are going to be and what I look at what rentals are. And I'm, you know, I'm in a, you know, nice size, three bedroom, single family house. I don't think I could move to a small apartment for what I'm paying right now on my mortgage. Right. Um, and so, you know, that's one of the reasons why you got to be in the home ownership game. So when these refinance opportunities come up, if you have a house, you can take advantage of them. But I mean, you know, we got two kids. We're in a three bedroom house. We talked about moving a, a couple years ago. We're like, maybe it would be nice to have a bigger house, you know, big family room or something like that. We ended up renovating the house during COVID, redid the basement and, I don't think we're going anywhere now. Well, but, well, you just redid your garden too, right? Yeah, we, Skelly's we, we garden. We redid a bunch of stuff, yeah. you know, because I mean, that's one of the interesting things that happens too, is when you have a really low rate, it kind of solidifies your mindset of like, okay, we're here for a, gonna, a while, mm-hmm. you know, let's make the house the way that we want it, which makes us even less likely to move. Now, with that being said, like all of a sudden, if I came home from work today and my wife was like, oh, guess what? There's another kid on the way. I'd be like, well... I might be able to get away with like two kids in the same bedroom for six months, maybe right. or a year, but you know that that's what has caused people to move. You know, marriages, death, uh, babies, and so well, there's Byron Bi- always likes to say uh, uh, the de- de- diamonds, di- death, divorce, uh, degrees. Yeah. yeah, and it's so true. So there's diapers. There, that was the other one. Yeah, yeah, diapers. So there's 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 a lot of people that are in that position where they would like a different home than they're in now. Right. And so then the question becomes, you know, they're probably different tiers too. Right. Like you could probably split these people up into like the group of people that would be like, Oh, it'd be nice to have a different home. And then there's another group of people that are like, I can wait maybe six to 12 months. And then like, we got to move. Yeah, we're you busting know? at the seams, yeah. so to speak. And then there's other people that are like, I need a house like by Friday. Right. You know, so those are the different categories. So, you know, I would say, you know, if rates dropped into the mid or low fives, most of the, that group of people that really want to move in the next 12 months, they're going to, they're going to take action. Right. But then the other people are like, Oh, it'd be nice to have another house. They might not move until it drops, you know, into the fours and that might never happen. So those folks don't move until they have the diapers or the diamonds or the death or okay. whatever, you know? So I'm going to, I'm going to test you on some numbers here, real okay. quick, just so we can kind of put it in perspective. So median sales price, single family home, state of Connecticut, $375,000. If somebody was sitting at say like a four, five, four, seven, five, and the rates came down to five, four. Okay. Right. What are we talking about there? Difference in monthly payment ballpark. It doesn't have to be exact. I got a calculator. Uh, hit me with that number again. What, so three seventy five. Three seventy five house at okay. four and a half. At four and a half. That's what they have right now. That's We're talking what they about have current right home. Now. Okay. And let's say they want to upgrade because their their family is growing and they want okay. to go to say like four hundred four and four and a quarter, but they're going to be at like five and a quarter. Per okay. Right. So. Hold on. While you do that math, we're going to catch a quick break here. Okay. And when we come back on Real Estate Radio, Brian Skelly is going to break down the difference in your monthly payment by going up $50,000, but having a rate that goes up 75 basis points as well. When we come back on Real Estate Radio 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. 
Radio Chas Cook of the one team at William Ravis Real Estate, joined by Brian Skelly of William Ravis Mortgage, the mortgage guru, who's going to be breaking down some difference in monthly payments. Uh, you know, we're going to look at the median single family sales price. We're going to look if they wanted to do it, maybe a little upgrade. Maybe the family's growing. But before we do that, I got to do a little selfish plug. And Skelly, I know you're excited about this one because. Uh, for those who don't know, I am part of a nonprofit called Operation Pause on the Ground, and we were fortunate enough to receive a grant and win an award uh, for, from Evan Williams as an American-made hero. And what that entails is they came out with a small batch whiskey of their 1783 Evan Williams whiskey labeled American-made heroes. And so this coming Friday, the 23rd, at Village Wine and Spirits in Niantic, Connecticut, we're going to be having a tasting and bottle signing from 4 to 7 p.m., if I'm not mistaken, they made around 30,000 bottles, and that is it. That is all that will ever be made for this entire class of the American Made Heroes. So uh, big congratulations to all of the recipients of that. And I had a chance to go out to Kentucky and, and meet these other veterans all from all over the country. And they are all just amazing human beings and what they are doing to support other veterans. Um, so we will be hanging out at Village Wine and Spirits in Niantic, Connecticut, Friday, June 23rd from 4 to 7, doing a tasting, answering questions about the organization, and this part just absolutely blew me away. So we just wanted to do the tasting at Village Wine, and they came back and they said, we're going to take donations. And not only are we going to take donations, we're going to match those donations up to $1,000 wow. for your charity. So uh, very excited for that. Hope you guys can stop by, try out the whiskey, um, and just you know maybe say hi and introduce yourself so I can tell you more about Operation Pause on the Ground. But Brian, you were telling me on the break, you're a bit of a whiskey carnosaur. I am. I've gotten into it a little bit in the last couple years. Congratulations, by the way. Did I see on your social media page, are they putting your like a, your picture on the bottle and the neck picture there? is on the neck. That's nectar. amazing. Yeah, yeah, so pretty cool. You know, that's pretty uh, – congratulations thanks, and, and thanks for your service and, and putting the work in for a good cause. I mean, that, that's pretty amazing. But, yeah, my uh, – good friend of mine who's also my next door neighbor is a huge whiskey fan. So he started coming over to my house, and every time he'd come over, he'd bring a bottle of whiskey – and, uh, you know, I used to mix whiskey with ginger ale once upon a time. But oh, now, no, don't say that. I'm now, now I'm drinking a neat <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I get I get hints of cherry and all that stuff. So I don't really know what I'm doing. But he has a whiskey channel, actually, and he reviews whiskeys. And every once in What's a while, the name of that channel? Uh, Two Finger Spirits, I'll give him a plug. Two Finger Spirits. Check, well, check it out on YouTube. Out Two Finger yeah. Spirits. It's a local Connecticut uh, whiskey review channel. And uh, I'm going to – I gave you uh, some, a couple bucks. You're going to grab me a bottle of the Evan Williams. I'm going to bring it over to my other show. I'm a, guest, <laughs> I'm a guest on the real estate show and the whiskey show. Love and it. so And the, my worlds are colliding here. Jack so. of all trades. <laughs> uh, so congratulations. That's awesome. I can't wait to try it. Yeah, no, and very excited for you guys to give it a review. And uh, we'll definitely um, check out that podcast and listen more to it because I have – over the years, I've started to learn a little bit more about whiskey. And uh, I wish Byron was still here. He's quite the whiskey carnosaur as well. Uh, he has some bottles that are very hard to come by, and every once in a while, he just breaks one out at like a, a work event, and we're like, "Okay, all right, this is how we're gonna roll." Uh, so yeah, whiskey—it's a an interesting game, and I could go on and on about how like what goes into making the bourbon and the whiskey. You can only use a a, a, ke- a cask once, right? And then they sell those. They do all these crazy things with it. But this is real estate radio, and the folks want to know the answer to the question. Oh yes, if somebody was living. In a $375,000 median sales price single-family home in the state of Connecticut with an interest rate of 45 
And for whatever reason, they had to make a move. Let's say family's growing, work, you know, whatever that case is. And they want like, we want a bigger house. We need a little bit of an upgrade. So we're going to look at in the $425,000 range because rates have come down to five and a quarter. So now that's a little bit more palatable to mm. us. What would they be looking at in the difference of monthly payments? Yeah, that's a great question. So we were, you know, we were chatting in the break and saying, you know, when would people move at what rate? And uh, a lot of times people forget the monthly payment's not calculated based on the price. It's based on the loan amount. So in order to do this example, I'm just going to assume that we were doing 20% down on both houses. The conventional finance, yeah, 20% so down. regular conventional, yep. 30 30 year fixed, 20% down. So if they on the 37 if they bought it for 375, they did 20% down at four and a half. The rate would have been 1520, 1520. That's the principal and interest payment with before you add in the taxes and insurance. So let's say those folks go out and buy a 425 house at five and a quarter. So it's 0.75% higher rate with the, and they do 20% down again on the four and a quarter. Uh be eighteen seventy-seven is the new payment, three fifty-seven a month difference. Which I think okay. is palatable. I mean, there's a lot of people that are renting that probably saw their rent go up by $357 in the last couple of years. But I'll give you a little silver lining here. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, if they've owned that home for a while, they've built up a lot of equity. So they paid the mortgage down, and home prices have gone up quite a bit in the last couple of years. So it could be that the second time around, and this is, again, the advantage of being a homeowner rather than renter, maybe they do. 30 or 40 percent down on the second house because they've got all that equity and that closes the gap so it's not not so painful and maybe it's a hundred dollar difference or maybe it's the, maybe it's the same maybe it's you know same, maybe right? they maybe they can do a hundred thousand down because the house value right. went up and the payment's not that much different you know that is a, a great point that i didn't even take into consideration when asking the question so since 2020 single family home prices are up 30 percent Right. So let's say you did buy that house in 2018 and, you know, you refinance it at a, at a really low rate. Um, you know, now you're we're five years down the road, 30 percent inequity just in the last three years. And let's say you probably gain another 10 percent in 18 and 19. Right. What do you think that house is probably worth now? Ch- Chaz loves keeping me on the toes. He does not tell me these math problems. <laughs> well, I, gonna throw the calculator, I got so I a calculator. Ready. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Let's see. So 375. So it went up 10 percent. That means in year two, it's worth tw- 412. Let's say it goes up again 10%. Uh, so if it goes up 10% two years in a row, it goes from 375 up to 453, right? So, and let's say they did the 20% down when they bought it, 80% of 375. So they started with a $300,000 mortgage, and you know they probably paid it down. So maybe now they owe 280 on the mortgage. They're selling it for 450. That's 170 uh, that's minus. A, that's a big down payment. About five. You know? You're probably looking at about 8% in taxes and fees, attorney fees, uh, real estate agent commission, yep. miscellaneous, things like that. So minus about 8% of 450. So call that $40,000. So you're, you're cleaning about $100,000, $100,000 that you yeah. can put towards, to your point, that four hundred. dollars So yeah, so they bought it for four twenty five. Let's say they do 100 down. We did not practice this in advance. So give me one <laughs> so second while I calculate it. 325 at a five and a quarter interest rate. So on that example, the payment is. Oh, I hit the wrong button. Try again. And reminder: this is also this is without taxes and without insurance. This is just your principal and interest on your mortgage payment. This would obviously go up depending on the town and the mill rate, and you know a couple other factors. If you're a special tax district, if you're in a flood zone, so there are some variables. So then, instead of being eighteen seventy seven, which I said in the first example, would be seventeen ninety four. So you know that does make it a little bit more palatable. So that's one thing you can do if you're. Uh, moving up to a, a more expensive home, mm-hmm. 
you know, just roll over that equity into the next house. It'll help keep your payment lower. Right, right. And maybe, you know, maybe even keep a little bit of it to put some money into the house so that you're already putting yourself in the black again. You're building that equity the day you close on it because you're like, I'm going to yeah. hardwood floors. Or maybe get maybe keep some of that money, pay off a car loan too. Like if you've got a $500 a month car payment, then that goes away. Right. You know, maybe your car loan balance is 25000 and get rid of that. That easily makes up for, you know, the extra $350 on the mortgage. And so this actually segues nicely, right? So if you're going to take some money and put it into your house or fix it up your house, or if you're thinking about selling your house, it begs the question, what do buyers really want? Like, what is the most important to a buyer walking into a house today, right? So Kirby L Inc. released its Preparing to Sell 2022 Home Improvement Report, revealing a disconnect between what buyers want and what sellers are willing to do. Almost half, 43% of sellers, don't think it's necessary to make repairs before selling. While 77% of buyers indicate that they won't consider homes that aren't move-in ready. So that's a pretty large discrepancy right there. You know, call it 34%. Um, what do buyers want? Three findings in particular jumped out. 67% of potential buyers focus solely on homes with updated features and layouts. I get that. A lot of my buyers that I'm working with right now, they, you know, they're looking at the kitchen, right? Yeah, it looks they're nice in the, the photos. Bathroom, right? You know, that, that gets you to the house. Well, that's marketing 101 right there. Right? I saw a house not listed by us, but I saw a house come on the market for a million dollars and the pictures were cloudy. And you could see there were glares from like, you know, mirrors. And it's like, you know, your first impression is online. You yeah. have seconds to grab that person with how that home is presented. And I'm going to give Curry on the spot here. Curry is our listing producer. He does all of our videos, and he does a fantastic job with that. I mean, he makes all of our seller's properties just shine. So great job, Curry. Um, 68% of them say their biggest deal breaker is a home in disrepair with visible wear and tear. I get that because you can't really live in it if it's in disrepair, right? So you, unless you're an investor, why would you want a home that you have? Yeah, if you're a first-time homebuyer, you don't have a ton of cash to fix it up yourself. Right. 77% of them won't even, a cons- won't even consider a home that is not move-in ready. That is crazy. Uh, projects, though, with the biggest seller returns. So I'm going to put you on the spot here again. All right, we've got five of them, and okay. I want to see how many of them you can get in the right order. Okay? okay. What do you think the number one home improvement project ranked by its ROI is? I would say painting, kitchen, or f- new front door. Front door, huh? Front door. How much, how much does it cost to front paint the front door? hundred bucks? I, I don't know how much ROI you're getting curb, for that. Though. Curb appeal. <laughs> curb appeal. It's got to look nice. Well, one of your three guesses was right. It All was right. kitchen refresh. Kitchen refresh. Upgraded appliances and hardware, painting cabinets, new countertops, new flooring, on average has a 377% ROI. All right. Because it costs about 20 grand to do a kitchen. So, you know, if you're going up, call it 400%, right? That's $80,000 in home yeah. value. Well, painting the cabinets is a lot cheaper than putting new cabinets in. Right. And, you know, you see a picture of a, you know, one of these kitchens that's got like the old dark wood cabinets. Yeah. It's, you know, that's not for a lot of people these days. No, because white is in. Old white handles, is in. Old fixtures is in, but yeah. like a white cabinet, like a classic is in. All right. Number two on the list. What do you think? Number two, uh, I'm going to go bathrooms, maybe showers. I, I was with you on that one, but I was surprised. Refinishing hardwood floors. Oh, that is really, yeah, that's actually. 348% increase in ROI. It's really cheap to re- refinish hardwood floors. Yeah. Like I had, we redid one room and it was like 900 bucks and it was, I mean. Right. Compared to, it's so like cheaper it, than putting in new carpet. You so know? you would take $3,100 back on your $900 Absol- investment? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, number three, what do you think? 
painting on the list. I, f- I feel yeah. like it's, it's painting's got to be on crap. there. Minor fixes, electrical updates, painting, 297% ROI. Uh, all right, two more. Two more. Um, how about some landscaping, maybe some shrubs in the front, didn't, flowers? Didn't, didn't make, make the, the list? Cut. No. no. New roof, though, the exterior, you had it. 288% ROI, and I'm going to just hit you that with the last one here because we're up against it. New carpeting, which is shocking to me. Uh, 280% ROI on your investment. A homeowner spending 15k on a kitchen refresh can expect buyers to pay, on average, an extra $71,550. So sellers, listen up. You got to do a little something. You don't have to do a ton, but you can get a lot of bang for your buck if you follow this list. And, uh, Brian, if people want to reach out to you this weekend, schedule loan Schedule If you like that car loan tip, schedule a call. All right. And if you want to reach me, it's Chaz at oneteamct.com, or you can hit me up on my cell, 860-575-4962. That is going to do it for us on this week's episode. We'll be back next week with a fresh new episode of Real Estate Radio on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Salon Buick GMC Studios.